Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. I can let that play for a while, but I, I think it goes on for another seven and a half minutes. So uh, I know you don't want to want to see me and the music moving me badly. So uh, so thank you, Brian, for for making that happen. Um, before before I get started, um, I, I want to dis- dismiss our kids. If you if there's any kids still left in here that want to go back to children's church, um, are they already back? Okay, everybody who's going is back there. So, but uh, I, and also, and I just want to reiterate what Bevan said: if you haven't been back there to see what's been done, please go back and take a look. Because uh, a lot of folks have worked hard. I, I tried to lend a hand, but uh, but the folks that that really worked hard did some good work. So so be sure you go back and take a look at it at some point. And before I get get going too far. Um, a few of you have asked me, and I, I was able to, to, to give you a little bit of an update. Um, and a few of you may not know, my mom had what appears to be a stroke this past Monday. Um, we, we took her into the hospital, and uh, they, were, they ran tests. They did an MRI, did a, a, a CT scan, and they didn't find any significant brain damage. And I'm thanking the Lord for that. Uh, but she's, uh, her left side has been affected. It was uh, apparently on the right side of the brain, and her left side has been affected, and uh, and and she already has has some weak legs, and so she's she's getting physical therapy, and she'll be doing that for at least a couple of weeks. So um, I just just ask on on behalf of my mom uh, that you would just be praying for her and in her recovery, um, and we depending on how well things go. Uh, we'll have to make some big decisions in the coming days, so I'd just appreciate your prayers for our family. So, um, anyway, in case you didn't know that song, or if you did, and maybe you've heard it and you didn't know who it was by, that was by the OJs from the 70s, and that was their song, For the Love of Money. And it appeared on their album, Ship Ahoy, that was released in 1973. I was five years old. That single peaked at number three on the U.S. Billboard R&B chart and at number nine on Billboard's Pop Singles chart in the spring of 1974. And the song is best known for its chorus. I don't know about you, I, I didn't know that there were actually verses to the song. I've usually heard it as a, as a jingle on a, a TV commercial or, or maybe on the radio or something like that. But it's known for the chorus, which is just money, 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 money. Then we get started all over again 
with, with the groove. Well, that song and its title came, and it was, it was actually inspired and based on the words from Paul's letter to Timothy. In chapter 6, where Paul says, The love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, I, I just want to point out, because I've, I've heard this, this verse quoted for nearly all my life, and it's, and it's almost every time it's quoted incorrectly. Paul says it's the love of money that leads to evil. It's not money. Money itself is not a bad thing. It's not necessarily a good thing either. It's, it's immaterial. But it's the love of money that gets us in trouble. And that's because money isn't the problem. The heart is. And that's why it's so important for us to get our hearts right in relationship to our money. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The title of my message is Cultivating Generosity. Now I want to ask... Have you ever wished that you could be a more generous person? I know I have. I'd love to be more generous. What is it that seems to hold you back? Some people might say, I just don't have enough in order to be generous with it. If I had more money, I'd be more generous. Well, I don't know, it, it, maybe you've had this happen to you. My kids, whenever they were young, we would go on, on road trips and stuff, and they would ask for money so they could go in and get, get a snack on the road. So give them $2 and say, say Chris or Jessica or Anna, they wanted some Skittles. I like Skittles. I don't know about you, but I, I like Skittles. It, I, I've got a sweet tooth that, that is my undoing. Well, I can't tell you how many times my kids would get Skittles, and, you know, whenever, whenever they're eating it, they, they, they're, you, you smell the aroma of the candy. You know, you can smell that sugar in the air. And so I'll, I'll, you know, maybe we, we've, we've stopped driving for a little bit or, you know, maybe it's just before we get started. And they've already got the, the, the candy on their face. And so I, I, I just ask them, hey, would, would you mind giving me some? And they take their little hand and they go into that little bag and they come out with one. <laughs> and they hand it to me. Well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, one's not enough. You know, there, there's, there's five flavors in each bag. You know, could you, could, could you at least share maybe a, one of every color? Well, I've found, and maybe you've, you've experienced this, they don't want to share because they're afraid that they're going to run out. And they want to get as much from that little bag as they can. So if they share just one, you know, they feel like that they've, they've been generous. Now, I, I think that's indicative 
of our, our attitude towards God in the resources that he gives us. It comes from this mindset of scarcity. That we won't have enough or that we don't have enough. And it causes us to operate in a spirit of fear. That we can't afford to be generous because we might run out. There might not be enough if I share with somebody else. Well, if you struggle with being generous, and I, I, I have to admit, I do too, I don't want you to be discouraged. Because God wants to teach us how to be more generous. And the reason why He wants to teach us is because His kingdom is built upon generosity. I think the most well-known verse in Scripture is found in, in John chapter 3. And I'm sure we all can quote it together from memory. God so loved the world that He gave. His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I mean, this is what... The kingdom hinges on God so loved that he gave. It's really as simple as that. And God modeled for us as his children how we should live based on this principle. Love gives. And it continues to give. Paul described it like this in his letter to the Romans. Romans chapter 8, since he, God, did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Now, we've, we've heard, probably most of us, our entire lives, how God sent Jesus to die for our sins. We've heard that. We know that. It's, it's been embedded. But I think sometimes we, we forget, or maybe we just, just become numb to it, that God gave up everything in sending His Son to die for us. I mean, from the standpoint of, of our, our, our culture, in, in, the, in the culture of the Middle East at the time, Everything for, for someone who was a landowner or a merchant centered on their heir. If you remember the story about Abraham, he and his wife Sarah, they, they didn't have any children. And they were, he was concerned about how, how he could, could continue on his, his family, his line, because he had no heir, no physical heir to receive everything that he had earned that he had built in this life. Well, God, sending Jesus, sent his heir, his heir to the kingdom. He sent him to the cross to die for us. Now, consequently, that, that sacrifice made us the sons and daughters of God. So, I want you to see that 
God didn't hold anything back whenever He gave to us. He gave us everything. He gave us His kingdom. The kingdom is ours. Scripture says He's given us His kingdom. We are heirs of the Father. It's all ours. And it was God's love that made it possible. So in talking about giving and generosity this morning, I want us to understand that generosity is a major part of becoming a fully developed follower of Jesus. I'm going to say that again. Generosity is a major part of becoming a fully developed follower of Jesus. If we want to be like Jesus, we need to assess everything, including our attitudes and our practices as they relate to money. And Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 6. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there is there the, the desires of your heart will be also. I keep wanting to quote from the, the version that I, I memorized. But I also want to skip, because this is still all in the same context, down to verse 24, where Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And I think we all know that our world focuses on accumulating wealth and possessions as a source of personal happiness. We see that in our society. If I can get a little bit more, if I can store up a little bit more, then I'll be happy. And that, that pursuit consumes a lot of people. They say things like, the good life is about getting more. Or maybe he who has the most toys wins. But it's all a lie. The philosophy and focus on accumulating wealth and getting more has led to a host of financial problems around the world. Greed is killing all of us. It's killing us. It's affecting everybody. It, it, it affects entire nations. In an article that appeared in USA Today in 2017, the writer said, the average American household carries $137,000 in debt. This is the average. And according to the Federal Reserve's latest numbers, it reports that the median household income in 2017 was just right around 59000 And it suggests 
that many Americans are living beyond their means. You've probably heard it said like this, people spend money they don't have on things they don't need to impress people that they don't even like. And sometimes we've been guilty of doing that. So in that regard, no wonder we have a hard time being generous. No wonder we have difficulty with sharing, with giving, because we find ourselves so bound up in debt that we feel like we can't be generous. John Wimber said, Show me where you spend your time, your money, and energy, and I'll tell you what you worship. If we hope to cultivate generosity in our hearts, we must come to understand this fundamental truth. Everything belongs to God. It's not ours, it's His. Everything we have comes from Him. The houses we live in, the cars we drive, the clothes that we wear, it all comes from Him. King David in Psalm 24 sang this song. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. The truth is God wants us to be generous with the gifts and resources He's given us because He's been so generous with us. It's kind of like giving that money to our kid. Now be generous back. But he also wants us to learn how to use these things wisely. Randy Alcorn, the author of the book, The Treasure Principle, and I think we still have a few of those books back here in the back. But he, he made this statement in the book. One day, everyone must answer these three questions in relation to money. Where did it all go? I mean, have you ever looked at your, your bank account at the, the beginning of the month and you get to the end and then, where did it all go? You might be like me and you keep a bunch of receipts in your pocket and you start going through those receipts and all of a sudden, yeah, $5 here, $10 there, $250 here. I felt bad one time. I went to the, to the little corner stop and... Uh, and I went in and I was going to get, you know, just, just a, 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 thing, a package of mints, about $1.50. Didn't have any, any money in my pocket. Didn't have any change. Didn't have any, any cash. And so I had to charge $1.49 on my debit card. I don't know about you, but that, that, that just seems a little excessive to me. I mean, you know, use the card for bigger purchases, not, you know, for the little things. But he asked, where, where did it all go? What did I spend it on? And then and that's, that's in my pocket. What has been accomplished for eternity through my use of all this wealth? You know, this goes back to what John Wimber says. How do we spend our money? That's what we worship. 
So I, I think we need to ask, do we make financial decisions that allow us to be generous with what God has given us? Have we made room in what we've accumulated to give it back to the kingdom? Now, please understand, there's nothing wrong with, with taking care of, of, of what the Lord has given you. There's nothing wrong with that. But do we, do we make room in whatever's extra to give back to Him? I'm convinced that the best channel available to believers and disciples of Jesus is for giving directly to the kingdom of God is the local church. We can see what we give at work right in front of us. And a great example of that is, is back here in these classrooms. That's why I want to I promote them so much. I want you to see what, what our gifts have done to benefit our church. That's our resources being at work in our community. We can see the effects of what we give going directly towards affecting our community. And you may, may though know this, you may not. The church is the only institution that exists primarily for the benefit of those who are not its members. Now, most of us in this, in this room, we probably won't benefit from those classrooms back there. But I know that there's a bunch of little kids who will benefit from that, those classrooms. Making space for them to hear the gospel, to hear the good news, to be instructed, educated in Scripture. I mean, that's what happens in those rooms back there. And every penny that we've given, every ounce of sweat, every, everything that we've done to prepare those rooms back there, we're paying that forward to people that, that might not even be here yet. But we're expecting that people will come, that they'll, they'll bring their children, and they'll be educated in those classrooms. That's what we hope for. The church operates at its best when it's serving others. You can count on that. When we're, when we're doing what we're supposed to do as a body, we're at our best when we're giving, when we're serving, when we're blessing people who can't give back to us. That's one of the things that I, I love about the closet. And, and for those of you who, who may not know what I'm talking about, I want you to just, after church, go by and just look at the, at the back of the building next door. Got the, 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 the nice blue paint there on the walls. Brad, thank you for that. And the yellow door, you know, it, it's, you, you can't miss it. Got the, the banner outside. And what we've done is we've, we've made clothing available to people who may not be able to afford it. There have been people who've come that they've, they've lost everything. Two or three different families have come, at least, who lost everything in a fire. And they were able to come and just go through and, and take whatever they need. And, and we're not asking anything in return. It, yeah, we, we take donations, and the donations just go back into to 
facilitating what we're doing. But the whole idea is that we're giving. We're serving our community. And we've, we've filled a little, little niche, little niche. I don't know how you say that. It's a niche, niche, whatever. We, we're filling that gap in our community. We are touching lives that, that would not be touched any other way. And so I would encourage you today, if you've ever th- thought about it, maybe you've draw- driven by and you looked at the, at the closet, volunteer, be involved, help out. Because it's a great blessing. And it's a way that we serve our community. The primary task of the church is to proclaim the gospel and to build the kingdom of God. And in order to be faithful to that task, it's left to us, the body of Christ, to support that work. And when we support the work of the church, we're taking part in extending the kingdom of God into the world. And I want us all to know the joy of participating in the kingdom through our giving. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, Give, and you shall receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, to make room for more, running over, and poured back into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount that you give back. Now, there have been a lot of people that have taught on this passage, and and I think they've kind of shortchanged it in, in, to the extent that they say that it, it, the way that God pays us back is, is in money, is in our finances, the way that He gives it back. But I, I, don't, I don't know if you realize this, but as we give, God gives back to us in ways sometimes that we don't even recognize. And when we respond in obedience to God's prompting to give. When we respond and and we end up giving our resources. Because, you know, there's something about, you know, you can say that, that that you love something, that you support something, but whenever you start laying your money down, things start getting serious, right? You can talk about being a member all you want to, but whenever you lay your money down, that says, I'm in. I've got skin in the game. I want to be part of what what's going on around here. And the church really is no different. Jesus said the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And the question that I have to ask you is, how would you like to be blessed? Would you like to be blessed just a little bit? Oh, that's good enough, Lord. Thank you. Or would you like to be blessed abundantly? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm medieval enough to believe that, that when, whenever Scripture talks about, you know, with giving the tithes and offerings, and, and the writer says that the Lord will rebuke the devourer. You know, there's lots of devourers in our, in our lives. And it comes in the forms of things like a flat tire, You know, it comes in the form of maybe the AC busting on your house. Or maybe, you know, that, that, that belt that you've got, you've been, been pulling it tight for, for so many years and then it finally breaks through. Not that I've had that experience before. 
But if, you, if you've ever read the story of, of the Israelites whenever they're coming out of, out of Egypt, Scripture says over and over again that things that they wore did not wear out. That was the blessing of God. I mean, for 40 years, these people are walking in the desert. So I, I can imagine that those sandals got a, little, got a little worn. But Scripture says they never wore out. Their clothes never wore out. And, you know, some of us are like, good Lord, I, I, I'd love for the, the clothes that I put on my kids not to wear out. You know, they used to have the tough skins whenever I was a kid. And, you know, you, you just about couldn't, couldn't tear the knees and nose. But, but you know what I'm talking about. Things, things happen in this life. And we, and we, we find ourselves, and it's just like, how, how am I going to be able to pay for all this stuff? But as we respond to the Lord, and as we give to the Lord, He takes care of us. And those blessings come back to us in forms like, like that. It may not necessarily be that we have more money in the, in the bank, but maybe the car that you drive lasts longer or that the roof on your house lasts a little bit longer. I mean, who knows? So we, we, we give and we give generously because God has been generous with us. And that's what I've been talking about here this morning. I think that's about all I've got to say. Because so can, can we stand together? <clears throat> There's something that I want to do before before we leave. I want to challenge us to be generous. And specifically to be generous in, in what we give to the Lord. And, I, and I'd like for you to, to do this this morning as you're, you're comfortable, as you're able. But I, I suspect that in this room there's probably a few folks that you've never, you've never given financially to support a church. Maybe it's because that you, you didn't trust preachers. You know, you've heard, I'm sure we've all seen the ones on, on the television. You know, they want you to touch the screen and they want to do all these, these kinds of crazy things. And, and you, you've had trouble getting past that. But you would, you would like to trust the Lord and you'd like to, you'd like to participate in what He's doing. Maybe here in, the, in, in, this, in this, this context. Well, there in front of you in, in, the, in the chairs, on the back of the chairs, we have those connect cards. And I want to I ask, if you've never given to the Lord, but you'd like to, I want you to just fill out that card and just, just fill out on the back. I want to be, I want to I give. I want to be a first-time giver. I want to be part of what, what's going on. I want to be, I, I want to give to the kingdom. And then there, there may be some of you that, that you, you give from time to time. Maybe, you know, you feel the urge to give just because maybe, you know, the pastor talks about it. Or, you know, we're talking about the children's project and how we need, need this and need that. And so you, you feel prompted, but it's not something that you do regularly. 
And I would encourage you, if you're, if you're someone who gives occasionally, that you would just take this challenge to give regularly to the Lord. And there's probably some of you also that, that you give, maybe you give regularly, but if you start looking at how much, and I didn't really talk about how much we give today because, you know, that's, that's between us and the Lord. But in, in the Old Testament, they, they use the, the term tithe. And all that means is a tenth. And, and the way that it was interpreted in, in Scripture was that that tithe is a representative of the whole. That 10% represents the whole. And so it's, it's kind of proportional to what we make. And if you start looking at what you give and, and, it, and it's, say that it falls less than 10%, that you feel this, this urge that I would like to, to give proportionally. To what the Lord has blessed me with. And, and for some of us, that, that might be a struggle. I mean, you start looking at it and it's like, man, I, I, 10% of what I make? And so maybe that could be a goal for you to give going forward. That, Lord, I'm going I'm to trust you. And, and see, this is the thing. This is what, what Micah said in, 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 there in, in the Scripture when he was talking about tithing. The Lord's, this is the only time in Scripture that you'll read where it says, Test me. Put me to the test. If you give, I will bless you and I will rebuke the devourer. I will, I will, I will bless you in ways that you, you, you can't really understand until you give. But if you would like to be a, pro, a proportional giver, then write that down on the card. And maybe, you know, for those of you that you might be giving your tithes and you give regularly... Maybe the Lord is calling you to, to give extravagantly, to, to give in faith sometimes. All this is between you and the Lord, but I want the Holy Spirit to work in us today, speak to us, and, and to guide us as we, we give back to the kingdom. So let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for blessing each of us, every one of us that's in this room. Lord, you have blessed us in ways that we don't even think about sometimes. But I pray that, that you would speak to our hearts, that you, would, that you would guide us. And Lord, that you would encourage us to give, and, and to be generous. And Lord, that you would, that you would move us to, to give, to give extravagantly, to give with the expectation that, that you're going to bless us as we're obedient to you. Lord, I give you thanks today. I give you praise for each and every person here. And I ask your blessing on us in Jesus' name. Amen.